This is the final Sunday of our evangelism series. And uh, you have heard from me, you've heard from Mark and Val, you've heard from Apostle Bob McGregor, you've heard from Evangelist Joshua Humphrey, you've heard so many different perspectives, and I want you to hear one more perspective today from somebody who just considers himself a regular member of Kauai Bible Church, and yet God has been moving her heart in this area of evangelism. Will you help me welcome Lannis Pulano? Come on, Lannis. Woo! Thank you, Pastor, because I am just a regular person. I'm not anyone special. I'm just like all of you. And um, I want to say this evangelism conference has really touched my heart. And um, I am so glad that I'm a Christian. I am so glad that I'm assured that I'm going to go to heaven. And the reason I am assured that I'm going to go to heaven is because I've given my heart to Jesus Christ. I've asked him to forgive me of my sins. I thanked him for dying on the cross for all of us. And I believe that he's coming back again. And I will be one of those people that will be in heaven. And I rejoice in it. And the Bible says that we are to rejoice every day and be glad in it. And look at today. It's ugly, it's rainy, but you know what? I am rejoicing because I am going to heaven. But there's another side to it. And the other side to it is that many people we know right here on this island, on Kauai, do not have that assurance that they will be going to heaven. And so we really need to have a heart for people that have not given their hearts to Christ. And um, it just makes me want to cry sometimes because we know that God loves everybody. And recently, he just put that burden on my heart that I really or we really need to think about people that will not be in heaven because they don't know him. In Matthew 1230, it says, it's the greatest commandments, and it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. It tells us that that's the way we're supposed to love God. And the second commandment is this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Uh-oh, what does that mean? It means that we're to love anyone who isn't us. That's our neighbor. Anyone who isn't of us. We're supposed to love them like we love ourselves. God gave us that commandment. It is the second greatest commandment. So we really need to have a heart for people that are lost. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus tells us, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So that means we're supposed to tell people about Christ. We may not ever go to a foreign country. We may not go to different nations. But we are right here 
on Kauai, in Hawaii, and we are able to share the gospel and bring people to Christ. So, what, does this ver what do these verses mean? It means that every person matters to Christ. And just like Pastor said, we need to pray for Hamas, that someone brings the word to them, because God loves them as much as he loves us. He wants them to be saved. He wants what the enemy has put on their hearts to change. So every person matters. Your neighbor matters. Your friends matter. Your family matter. Even the stranger that you see in the store matters. Every person matters to Christ. And God declares in the Bible that all, not only some, not only the good, not only the pretty, not only the handsome, but that all should come to know him, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done. And so we have a mission to share the gospel wherever we are. And that means right here where we live, in our neighborhoods, in wherever we encounter people, we should be sharing the gospel. When pastor asked me to share about personal evangelism, I just cringed. He doesn't know this, and I didn't tell him, but I was like, what are you asking me to do? Because it is something that I really struggle with, and I'm not good at. I'm not comfortable with it. But you know what? He gave me about two months' notice, which was, which was about two, two months is 60 days. So I prayed a lot about it. I went, Lord, I don't know why he's asking me to share on personal evangelism, but please help me. I really do need your help. And you know what? As I prayed about it, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, and he said, I want you to talk about it because you struggle with it. You're not good at it. You're like everybody else. And this will be really good for you to do because you can share the struggles and things that you go through. We all struggle with sharing the gospel. <clears throat> in a book published by Pastor Greg Laurie, published in 2016, he said that statistics show that only 95% of Christians have ever led another person to Christ. What? 95% have never, never led another person to Christ. Wow, Lord, that's a really large percentage. You mean only 5% of people have ever led a person to Christ? We have a work to do. We have a lot of work to do. And so it's really sad to see uh, those st statistics, but the Lord is telling us, I want you, I, I need you, I can use you, and uh, we need to share the gospel. So the Lord wants to see us help bring other people to know him. And I've got this quote from Greg Laurie, and he says, you know, <clears throat> it's really hard to share because, you know, um, Val and Mark talked about fear. Yes, we all have fear. We feel we're not qualified. 
Uh, we feel not, we're not good enough, we're not good speakers and all of that. But you know what? You may not feel qualified, but God is not looking for ability as much as he is looking for availability. Are we available? And the answer should be yes. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And I went, oh, Lord, that means me. (laughs) And so God can and God will use you if you tell God that you're available to be used by him. And, and that's what it takes. Lord, I am available. I'm, I have all these excuses, but that does not release me from sharing your word and telling other people about the gospel. Right now, you know, God uses anybody, any age, boy, girl, whatever, man, woman, to share the gospel as long as you have a willing heart. I want to share this story with you, and um, some of you may have read it because it was on, um, sent to the, the preaching team, and it just really touched my heart about a person's heart to see someone else um, give their heart to Jesus. And so here's the story. Before John Wayne passed away, and most of you know, John Wayne was an actor. You may not know what happened to him before he died, and this is the story. Robert Schuler, who's a pastor, his teenage daughter Cindy was in a motorcycle accident and had to have her leg amputated. John Wayne was a big fan of Robert Schuler. He had heard Dr. Schuler say on one of his programs that his daughter had been in an accident and had to have her leg amputated. So John Wayne wrote a note to her saying, Dear Cindy, so sorry to hear about your accident, and I hope you will be all right. And he signed it, John Wayne. The note was delivered to her, and she decided she wanted to write John Wayne a note in reply. So she wrote, Dear Mr. Wayne, I got your note. Thanks for writing to me. I like you very much. I'm going to be all right because Jesus is going to help me. Mr. Wayne, do you know Jesus? I sure hope you know Jesus, Mr. Wayne, because I cannot imagine heaven being complete without John Wayne being there. I hope that if you don't know Jesus, that you will give your heart to him right now. I will see you in heaven. And then she signed her name. She had just put the letter in an envelope, sealed it, and had written the name John Wayne across it when a visitor came into the hospital room. And he said to her, what are you doing? And she said, well, I just wrote a letter to John Wayne, but I don't know how to get it to him. He said, you know what? That's really funny because I'm going to have dinner with John Wayne tonight at the Newport Beach Club. Hey, give it to me and I'll give it to him. So she gave him the letter and he put it in his coat pocket. There were 12 of them that night at dinner at the club. And they were laughing and cutting up. 
And the guy happened to reach in his pocket, and he felt, oh, I've got that letter. And so John Wayne was seated at the end of the table, <clears throat> and the guy took the letter out, and he said, hey, Duke, I was in Schuler's daughter's room today, and she wrote you a letter, and she wanted me to give it to you, and here it is. So they passed it down to John Wayne, and he opened it. They kept on doing what they were doing, which was laughing and cutting up. And someone happened to look down at John Wayne, and he was crying. One of them said, hey, Duke, what's the matter? And they couldn't really hear what he said. And he said, finally, I want to read you this letter. And he read the letter to the table. And then he began to cry. He folded it, and he put it in his pocket, and he pointed to the man who had delivered it. And he said, you go tell that little girl that right now, in this restaurant, right here, John Wayne gives his heart to Jesus Christ, and I will see her in heaven. And three weeks later, John Wayne died. You never know how your witness to another person will affect your eternity. And, I, and that story just touched my heart. It was like, oh my gosh, that was wonderful. How the Lord used this little teenage girl to win the heart of John Wayne. And he is now in heaven. He is assured of his place by accepting Jesus into his heart. So you ask, okay, all right, I'm going to be available, so where do I start? Well, you start with people around you. I'm not a missionary that goes to a foreign country. I didn't go to Bible school. I didn't go to mission school. I'm just me, and I love Jesus Christ, and I want people to be saved. So you start with, um, I remember Pastor shared once about our circle of influence, and our circle of influence is our family, our friends that we know, our coworkers at work, and people that are in our interest groups, our neighbors, and sometimes even strangers that we end up talking to. They're the people that we're around. And I want to tell you that um, pickleball, most of you know that I'm a pickleball player. Of course, I haven't played pickleball for several months now because of a medical issue, but pickleball has been a great way for me to meet people. I have met countless people playing pickleball, and I've tried to establish or develop a relationship with them. And so I thank the Lord that he's introduced me to people that I never really knew. And so the next step is, okay, I start with people around us. And then we need to build relationships with the people that are around us. Get to know the people that are around you. Find out about them. Do you know that people love it when you ask them questions? They like to share about themselves. And it's like, wow, if you show an interest in someone, they'll sense it. And they'll open up and they'll share about themselves. And that is exactly what pickleball has given me an opportunity to do. Uh, what happens is you end up playing the game for about 10, 12 minutes, and then you have to go sit down 
for about 10 or 12 minutes. So while I'm sitting down, I talk to people that are right around me and I start building relationship. And as you start talking to them and showing interest in them and you sharing you, your life, people start opening up to you. So I've, um, one of the things that um, the pickleball people know is that if you've got a problem, go see Lana, she'll pray for you. <laughs> Because I've prayed for I don't know how many people that I've met, and um, they've told me that they've had a problem. And I said, I really would like to pray for you. You know, Jesus really helps me when I have trouble, and I believe he can help you too. And so um, I've had, like, two different people go, oh, yeah, Lana, can you go over there and pray for so-and-so? I think they need prayer. Oh, sure. I, you know, I, I'll, I'll do it. And so the Lord has opened up opportunities as I build relationships. The next one is be available for opportunities. Be a giver and be a person who really genuinely cares for others. And um, in pickleball, recently, this I was sitting next to a gal and she said, oh, we're going to be going to the mainland for six months and we're leaving our car, and I don't know what to do because the car's battery's going to die. I go, I'll start your car for you once a month. She goes, you will? I said, yes. I'm right here in Kaloa how many times a week. Your house is right down the street. It's not like I'm going 20 miles out of my way to do it. She goes, oh, thank you. And she was so grateful. And you know what happened? <laughs> Even though um, I started her car for two months and it worked, the third month, the battery was dead because it was only driven <laughs> around the block once every month. And so I had to call her, and um, one of her other neighbors said to her that he would, you know, um, put a battery on it. And, and she, she called me, and she said, you know what? My neighbor is, said he'll drive it, so we'll make sure that it doesn't, you know, um, the battery won't die. I said, okay. That's fine. So her neighbor got to use the car while she was gone. But when she came back, one of the first things she said to me was, I haven't seen, she, um, called, I haven't seen you at Pickleball. What happened to you? I heard you're injured. I said, yes, I've been injured. She says, I, but I want to come see you. Is that okay? And I said, sure. So you know what? She came over, and um, she brought a $50 gift certificate. And I went, no, you don't have to do that. I just want to help you. I'm here. And so if you're available, people really appreciate it. I help take people back to their hotel. You know, just those are the things that I do. I brought food to someone who was in the hospital and not feeling well. I've been a listener. All you've got to do is sit and not make any judgments. Sometimes people want you to just listen. They don't want you to give them the solution. They just want you to be there. And so I've sat and listened to people. Then I've asked them if they would like to have prayer. I would love to pray for them, not giving them the answers. And um, the other thing I've done is, um, of course, prayer is something that is so important to me. And it's um, something that people know that I do. I will have to tell you, though, there was this one guy. There is a one guy that I know. And um, he was telling me about an issue he had. So I turned to him and I said, would you like me to pray for you? He goes, what? Right here? No, no, no. You do not pray for me. I don't want you to pray for me. So I said, 
okay, you need to be obedient and respect them. So I said, hey, can I go home and pray for you? Is that going to be all right? And he goes, yeah, yeah, you can go home and pray for me. (laughs) And I did. And, you know, to this day, every time he sees me, he gives me a hug. He wants to talk to me. He wants to tell me a story. I mean, so even if people don't want you, you can still have that relationship. I don't know where what's going to happen. I'm just asking the Lord to open up his heart. And so, and relationships, I'm going to tell you, and opportunities take time. It's not do this, do this, do this. It's a matter of time. You do things when the opportunity arises. And so it's just like part of your everyday life when opportunities develop. And so pickleball, and I thank the Lord that he has put pickleball in my life, has been a great, great opportunity um, to share. The next one is share your personal story. And when I pray with people, I really tell them, I share some of the struggles that I have because Christians are not perfect. We all have struggles. We all go through things. And I've had medical issues. I've had personal issues. And so um, one of the things I tell people that have a medical issue, it says, I'm going to pray for you because Jesus has healed me. I have proof that Jesus has healed me. And he's not only healed me once, he's healed me twice. And they go, really? I said, yes. Praying to the Lord Jesus is powerful. He will heal you. He can heal you. So they go, okay, so most of you know I've been healed twice. Once was my shoulder. And I think I've shared this story before when I was at Bible study at Mark and Val's. I was scheduled for surgery. I have a tear in my rotator cuff. And um, I had asked the doctor, this is when COVID was raging, and I said, Dr. Johnson, I just don't feel comfortable going to the hospital right now. Can we kind of prolong this surgery until things get a little better? And he said, well, it's your shoulder, you know, so it's up to you. And so I said, okay, I just want to prolong it for a while. And you know what happened just right after that? At Bible study, there was a missionary from India. And at the end of the Bible study, he said, does anyone need prayer? And I said, me, I have, I'm going to be having surgery. I don't know when, but soon. And I have a, a tear in my rotator cuff. And so um, before he prayed, I can't remember, before or after, he said, you know, I'm, a, I'm an Indian. I'm a missionary in India. And I have to tell you, the Lord is powerful. In India, there are many, many miracles because we don't have as many doctors as you do. And he said, I've seen miracles. He believed, do you believe you can be healed? I said, absolutely, because I've been healed before. So anyway, he prayed for me. And after the prayer, he said, okay, lift up your arm. I go, I can't. It still hurts. He goes, okay, never mind. Don't worry about it. Go try it later. And so I went home and, you know, a um, couple days or whatever, my arm was still hurting. And not soon after, one day I kind of went, oh, my gosh. My arm is lifted up and it doesn't hurt. <laughs> so I was healed. I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. I can't. You are so good. And so I didn't need surgery. And you know what I did, though? I made an appointment with the doctor. 
And I went back to him and I said, Dr. Johnson, I've been healed. He said, you've been healed? I said, yeah, I don't need surgery anymore. My shoulder's fine, look. He goes, uh, okay. <laughs> and then he said, okay, I'm gonna have you do some things. So he had me do a whole bunch of things with my arm and he goes, mmm. And I said, so when can I start sports again? He said, uh, today. <laughs> but he said, if you ever need surgery on your shoulder again, he said, you know, I won't be able to do it because when you have a torn rotator cuff, it pulls apart. And the longer you wait, I guess it's the harder to put back together. I said, don't worry, Dr. Johnson. I won't need surgery because I've been healed. He goes, okay, I'm just telling you that. <laughs> and so, and I just pray that, you know, Dr. Johnson, because he's a doctor and I don't know if he really believes in healing, that that will, um, the Lord will touch him because of that, because someone was healed by Jesus. And so I, I've been healed another time, but I don't need to tell you that, except I was supposed to have carpal tunnel um, surgery. I had the trigger thumb. I had the brace. I was hurting. I was in intense pain. And I had, again, I went to the doctor. The doctor said, I need to cut some kind of little nerve or something. So I said, okay. And then I happened to be, I remember distinctly, and this was over 10 years ago. I was in Long's Drugs, just doing my shopping. And this gal I had seen in church before, and this was like 10 years ago, she came up to me, and I didn't really know her, but she said to me, you go to Kauai Bible? Yes, I said, yes, I do. And she said to me, um, I'm going to be obedient to the Lord, and I'm going to tell you what he told me to share with you. She said, are you supposed to have something done? I said, yes, I'm supposed to have surgery on my hand for carpal tunnel. And she goes, okay, she said, I'm just being obedient and telling you what the Lord told me. He's telling me, don't do it. Don't do it? Okay. And so she said, I'm just giving you the word. And so I went home and I thought about it and I said, you know, I've seen that gal in church before. And I said, I, I've seen her uh, pray for people. I've seen her, and I know she's a Christian. And so I said, Lord, I'm going to be obedient to you, and I'm going to cancel that surgery. And I did cancel that surgery. And you know what? It was a, a slow progression, but my thumb started working. I didn't need the brace anymore. My hand didn't work, and look at it. <laughs> It's done well without surgery, and I just thank the Lord. And so, um, you know, sharing that personal story has really been wonderful, and people want to have prayer when you share a story like that. And um, when I shared my personal struggles, you know, people know that we're human, and God doesn't heal all the time, but there's a reason why he does, why he doesn't. And so it's... Um, you know, just sharing your personal story. Someone out there has the same kind of problems that you have. Everyone is going through something. It may not be like us, but they are all going through something. So, and it's not about us anyway. It's about Jesus. And even though I say that, I will have to tell you that sometimes it's been hard for me to cross a chicken line. And so I've had to ask the Lord for forgiveness when he's, the Holy Spirit has prompted me to do something and I've held back. 
And I just say, Lord, give me another chance. Forgive me. I want to I wanna do what you want me to do, and I'm so sorry I did not follow through. And the next thing is to be in prayer. Prayer is so important. You know, I, I was so glad when we went through that course about the daily office, doing it every day, twice a day, and just spending time with the Lord without an agenda. I've never done that before, before the course, and I need to tell you that it's wonderful to just sit at the feet of Jesus and just tell him to minister to you without you having an agenda. Jesus, do this. I want this. I have a problem with that. But Lord, I just want to sit here in your presence and you speak to me. And I just want to be silent before you. So I just want to say that that has really helped a lot. So be in prayer. Ask the Lord to give you a burden for people that are lost around you. Tell the Lord that you want to be used to share the gospel. And ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. And know that the Lord can use you right where you are. So the next thing is, when do you start? Start today. Take that step and don't wait. Don't put off today what you can do tomorrow tomorrow could be absolutely too late I want to um, read you this essay because it really touched my heart and it's written by a, a man named Gene War and he calls it do it now and this is uh, what he wrote he was going to be all that a mortal should be no one should be kinder or braver than he tomorrow. A friend who was troubled and weary he knew, who'd be glad of a lift and who needed it too, on him he would call and see what he could do tomorrow. Each morning he stacked up the letters he would write tomorrow. It was too bad indeed that he was busy today and he hadn't a minute to stop on his way. More time he would have to give others, he'd say, tomorrow. The greatest of workers this man would have been tomorrow. The world would have known him had he ever seen tomorrow. But the fact is, he died and he faded from view and all that was left when living was through was a mountain of things he intended to do tomorrow. So don't wait if the opportunity arises. Do it now. Start today. Um, I want to tell you that um, last week, I want to close with this one thing. When um, Joshua, oops, sorry. When Joshua, Humphreys was here, and he went through the gospel tract. I want to tell you that it really touched me and encouraged me. And I was like, um, I just felt like there were people here that weren't there on that Saturday. And I just want you to have a copy of that gospel tract. So in a minute or two, I think if you didn't get it, um, raise your hands, and Kalama will give it to you. You know, I want to be honest with you and tell you that I've been sharing my faith 
and praying for people. But it's been really hard for me to do that last step and say, do you know Jesus? And so I've been kind of in and out of it. But after listening to Joshua, I've found out it's not that hard, Lannis. You know, it's not that hard. And watching at we went to the uh, outreach at Ko'ea Makana, it was amazing when we practiced with Joshua how many people said the sinner's prayer. I was like, Lord, you are so good. You know, there are people out there. Look at that little group. How many people said the sinner's prayer? And we can do it too. And he gave us a script to do it. And I, I, now I know what to do because I just didn't quite know how to do it. And it has two questions, two very important questions, three scriptures, a prayer of blessing, and a prayer to receiving Jesus into your heart. And it's the second question that really jolted me. Because, you know, when I asked, I was going to share an experience with the gal that read the sinner's prayer with me. I asked her, do you know, um, I was asking her how her day was. She was telling me, and I said, I want to pray for you. But I said, do you know that God loves you, Jesus loves you, and he has, has a plan for you? She goes, yeah, you know. But when I asked her the second question, I could see that she was really taken aback. When I asked her, if you die tomorrow, are you assured of going to heaven? That's a big, powerful question. And she kind of looked at me and she went, no, I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven. So I said, there's a way that you can be assured that you are going to go to heaven. And I read her the three scriptures, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus died on the sin. Uh, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Anyway, it's this script. And so I took her through the sinner's prayer, and she, she did it with me. And I hugged her, and I said, isn't it wonderful to know that you're assured of being in heaven? So the three verses were, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it's not complicated. So if you haven't gotten one, raise your hand. Kalama will give you one. And I was just amazed at how many people have a need for Christ. So I read it. I try to memorize it. I carry it with me in my purse, in my wallet, in my Bible, in the bag that I have in the car, just because I never know when I'll need it, you know, and because I've seen how powerful it is. And uh, so I'm encouraging you to do it, have it, use it, and um, be available for God to use you. Thank you so much. That was amazing, Lannis. Incredibly inspiring and incredibly practical. Uh, you know, think about it. If you start with the people around you, you got the worship team can come. You guys. <laughs> uh, 
You start building relationships, purposely getting involved in people's lives. Make yourself available for opportunities to love and serve them. Share your personal story with them and be praying for them. And the more you do those things, the more you will find open doors to share the gospel. But then the key is when you have that open door to share the gospel, you got to know what to say. You got to actually do it. And that's why this script is so powerful. You do all the things to get the door open. When the door opens, don't miss your moment to have the script and to be ready to, to lead that person to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. And a little plug, if you take phase three of the masterpiece process, you will get several scripts. You can choose which one is your favorite. We want to equip you with multiple ways of sharing the gospel. So we want to be equipped. So incredibly practical, so inspiring, man, that John Wayne story. Whew, come on. So I want to, I want to pray, and, uh, and I want us to worship, and I want God to seal this in our hearts. You guys realize we've spent the last three months digging into the gifts of the Holy Spirit, opening up our heart for the people groups of the world, and learning how to share our, our faith personally. Man, if we can grab these three things, our church is never going to be the same again. Yeah? Come here. Come on. I had this written in my notes and I forgot to say it. Some of you think you're a Christian, but you're not sure if you are. I would encourage you, go to the script, read it out loud, and do it again. Read the sinner's prayer to be sure, to be sure that you are going to heaven and you do have Jesus in your heart. Because I recently asked someone, are you a Christian? She goes, um, I don't know. I, you know, I come to church. I, I go to Bible study. I, um, you know, I, uh, I read the Bible, but I don't know. So there are Christians out there who don't know because they've never said the sinner's prayer. So if they say the sinner's prayer out loud to themselves or with you, they are assured that they are saved. Come on. Amen. That's a great point. There's lots of people in church that have been going through the motions but never fully understanding what it means to make Jesus Lord of their life. That's awesome. So come on, let's grab a hold of these things. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, the nations, and personal evangelism. And as we move into the holiday season and look forward to 2024, I believe these three things will set our church on fire. And we will move into this next season with a great passion. Amen? Will you stand with me? Lord Jesus, burn in our hearts. Lord God, let us not settle for our faith. Let us not settle for the fact that we're saved, that we're assured of heaven. Let us not settle for the fact that we've got our church Ohana and we really like it the way it is. No, Lord, let us burn with a love and a longing for those that don't have Jesus. Break our hearts, Lord, that we would make ourselves available to be used by you to lead people to Christ, to bring people into church that they can be discipled. Oh, and that they can learn what it means to follow Christ and walk with him all the days of their life. Jesus, Jesus, cause that fire to burn within us, Lord. Break us out of the status quo. Get us a little bit uncomfortable, as, as Lannis just shared about being uncomfortable, but crossing the chicken line. 
Jesus, Jesus. Equip us with your Holy Spirit. Equip us with the gifts of your Spirit, Lord, that when we declare the gospel of the kingdom, Lord, signs and wonders would follow to confirm that, Lord, you are at work in this day. Jesus, Jesus, I pray for many on Kauai coming to know Jesus and being discipled. And I pray for many around the world coming to know Jesus through the work of Kauai Bible Church. Because this island can't contain all that you're going to do through this church, Lord. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's worship.